All right, welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman. Uh, my co-host tonight is uh, Corey from Cab Comics in Flagstaff, Arizona. Welcome, Hi. Corey. Hi. Hi. Uh, Scott is still on a deadline crunch, so uh, he's he's taken the week to try to catch up on his pages. Um, is it for issue two? No, it's only uh, the... The Future State House of Al book is a 48-page one-shot. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, 48 pages. I saw um, his. I saw the cover he posted. Yeah, right? it's a that's a Yannick, Yannick. That's Pequette. Yannick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Scott didn't do the covers yet, sadly. Uh, not that we're not fans of Mr. Paquette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, for the show, if you want to support the show, you can go to tickshow.com and from there you can link to our Patreon and you can also go to our merch page and pick up some shirts, coasters, cool shit like that. Uh, today, Corey and I are going to be doing like a 2020 comic book roundup show and then kind of what we're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, Corey's been on the show before, but I should mention, uh, yeah, I did mention Cab Comics, Flagstaff, Arizona, <laughs> uh, the only comic book shop in Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, the best comic book shop in Flagstaff, Arizona, by far. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you uh, are you having a beer tonight or not? No. Oh, I'm having I'm having whiskey. Okay. I got some Johnny Walker Black Label. Okay. Yeah, for Christmas. So like, I didn't want any beer tonight right. before bed. So right. I went for just hard liquor to fall help me fall asleep. Yeah. Why get the bloat of the beer like me? On these beautiful four American lagers that I have to drink tonight, which is actually a joy because normally I have to buy these certain beers in the bomber. So I end up drinking essentially two beers of each thing. So it's, tonight's a treat. I'm down to just, I got four bottles. Nice. Uh, very special. Uh, so it is the fourth week. And I guess the last week in the first round of the triple B beer challenge um, if anyone is new to the show and hasn't been paying attention the last couple of weeks, I took 16 American domestic cheap loggers and doing a blind taste test. They're all, none of them are great, but I'm trying to find out which one I actually like best. Uh, so uh, tonight we're going to be doing the middle of the bracket seeds seven through 10, and they're ranked based off of sales data from a USA Today article from 2019. So I have uh, Bush. Bush proper, not Bush light, just Bush. Uh, 4.3% scores a 50 on Beer Advocate. Um, shocking. I was shocked at how high, how much Bush sells. I, yeah. I guess I just don't know. That's the number seven rank selling beer in 2019. Uh, Miller High Life, the eighth ranked beer, 4.6% scores a 64 on Beer Advocate. I mentioned a few weeks ago when I started this stupid challenge that I used to drink a shitload of Miller High Life because you used to be able to get a 12-pack for like $4.99. Yeah. Um, number nine is PBR, 4.74%, scores a 68 on Beer Advocate. Pretty high. I'm shocked at that. Um, and then number 10 is Dos Equis, 4.2%. Uh, Dos Equis Lager, I should say, scores a 64 on Beer Advocate. Two like it. Sorry. No, I was gonna. I was just gonna do two of these beers. Move on to the elite eight. So, um, but I thought was so Dos Equis is not an import. I, I don't. I'm. I'm kind of novice to beer it, stuff. No, like, it, it. I think it is considered near, uh, an import. But I put three Mexican beers on oh, here okay. just because they're they're so common. 
Um, well, yeah, for, yeah. For, Arizona, for us being in Arizona, they're so close. Yeah, and, and those are the ones that are probably the most expensive, like Dos Equis and Pacifico were probably the two most expensive beers on my list of 16. Um, but I needed to fill out a, a list of 16 beers. So I remember in college, we did a, I went to ASU and graduated from there. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of flip cup and PBR was like, you didn't use PBR for that because it was too good for flip cup. But you would do, um, what is it? Um, there's like Natty Ice mm-hmm. and Milwaukee's Best. But like you knew when you hit Natty Ice because you're like, oh, this is not, this is, this is not great. This is not good beer. But you can still drink it. Right. But it was like, that was kind of one of those things where you knew when you hit the, cause you just keep refilling the pitchers. And then when you got to that pitcher and you're in the game, you're like, Oh, Ooh, Oh, okay. Got to flip the cup. Okay. <laughs> Threw me off. Okay. So I'm uh, I only went to an associates. I only got an associates degree. I went to an art school for college and I was like, I had two kids and I was in my mid twenties. So I never played college drinking games. It's flip cup. Just when you, you flip the cup and if it lands, everyone else drinks right okay no so you have your you have your team Mm -hmm. right uh always sunny in philadelphia does a good job of doing flip 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 fidelia okay yeah and so you have your your starting what you got to do is also sorry in flip cup you need to have a solid anchor okay you have a good finisher like a ring like a ringer well no not so much well you can have a ringer it doesn't matter but you need to have someone under pressure like you have your starting and your ender, your beginner and your end. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, your person in the front that you cheers, drink it, put the cup down, and then flip it, and then turn the lid up, so it flips with this lid up, so it's upside down, so it's okay. empty, and that also like the next person goes. So you cheers, drink, flip, it lands with the butt in the air, and then the next person goes, and they keep going all the way down the end. Okay. Heated, heated games in college i was gonna say did it ever turn physical do you ever like no get get angry no but there was a lot of like like if you know if somebody was you know if you you could tell in flip cup though if you if there's beer on the table from somebody drinking Mm -hmm. if there's a lot of beer like you didn't finish your beer so you're disqualified because there's too much liquid on there right i competed in some olympic games in beer drinking olympic games um sure in the past i don't want to get into that too much right i mean that's but what happened that's what you go to asu for i competed i didn't right. place right. but yeah right you made the team well yeah, yeah 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 right were you in a frat or did you just drink a lot no we just drank a lot cool right where i was so what uh so what was your like beer of choice in college like if you weren't playing drinking games if you were if you were just going to pick up a 12 pack on a saturday what would you usually get i think rolling rock cuz that was like it was one of those that was like easy mm-hmm. but also like i could have a couple but not have too many but also like if i was getting like del taco or getting some hamburgers like a right. rolling rock was yeah and it's still cheap rolling rock's still cheap i've drank yeah. a fair share of uh latrobe's best um but yeah it doesn't when you have one now as an adult after drinking yeah. mostly craft beer, like most of these beers have been pretty good out of the 16 that I've tasted. Maybe there were two that I instantly didn't like, like immediately mm. didn't like because they're all so kind of easy drinking, but rolling rock has a, like a skunkiness to it that I don't appreciate in my older age. 
Uh, so anyways, at the end of the show or whenever I finish these four samplers, we'll, we'll reveal which two move on. Um, all right. So we don't talk enough about comics on the show because Scott doesn't read comics. And I, I go, I have, a, well, you know, cause I buy all my comics from you. I have a month where I might get like six comics and then I'll have a <laughs> month where I might only get like two comics. So I don't, I don't, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think I read a lot of comics, even though I read more comics now than I have in a long time. Um, but you, you're the pro, you know, I needed someone, I needed someone to come in, help me carry the episode. And I thought it'd be a good topic. So uh, let's start with personally, what were some of your favorite comics of 2020? Not oh. sales wise, but just kind of what you dug. Um, damn, I wasn't ready for that one. Uh, so for me, I guess um, I was really huge into the boys mm -hmm. when they came out in issue form. And I was, I, those were ones when I first opened that I, I was reading before we opened and I was reading after we opened the store and they came back to do kind of a little epilogue, you know, a little like extra story. Right. And that for me was kind of nice to revisit some of those characters even though it was kind of like a prequel, but also like said it, it was two stories in one issue, like the past with Butcher and then the current with Huey okay, and um, Starlight. So it was kind of seeing like you had a little like you'd have, you know, a good chunk of stuff in the past about Butcher and it, he had a diary he wrote that Huey got. And so you got to see a, a lot of that and then like a little bit of Huey's life. And then kind of eventually that kind of like they kind of switched places to where it was more Huey. And a little bit of butcher, or not? I mean, but I kind of wrapped it up, right? And so that was kind of for me seeing that again and reading that. It kind of like brought back some excitement for me. Yeah, we've talked on the show about how much we like the the TV show, The Boys, but I never really read the comics. I probably should at some point, but and I had a great night drinking with Derek Robertson in a hotel bar a couple of years ago. Uh, but all I wanted to talk about was like his new warriors work and like designing rage for new warriors. That's like, that's all I could talk about. <laughs> but, uh, right. But yeah, I think I would like the boys comics. I just never, it's one of those things. Like it's, there's too much now. Like, I well, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's there, it's kind of one of those things where it's, um, I think there's five complete volumes or six complete volumes now. So there's some good, good content. And, but I was one of those kind of, I used to have the trades in and, and it was kind of one of the, always a constant, like spoke to me in a mm -hmm. way. Cause it was like a real superhero. And I read those and it was kind of a one where people like, I don't like superheroes. I'm like, well, here's a superhero book that people don't like superheroes, you know, like, oh. right. So it's enjoyable. And it was, um, but yeah, I, it was, it was cool to have that one back. And like, um, I don't know if that's like, coming back to the well of like a sequel or like, you know, original wise comic book story wise. Right. That was one that was something that I spoke out to me. In issue form. Okay. I'm trying to think of uh, like, it's weird how like last year with everything with COVID and then like the shutdown and then like kind of revitalizing and then kind of things coming back. Um, I think, I guess, because I'm just pulling from like the last couple months, the uh, right. the most recent Rorschach comic 
was like pretty like pretty awesome because it was just like all right i'm in it was i think issue four and i was like all right this is going somewhere right let's see what happens and so that that kind of sealed the deal for me because i was on the fence about that um from Rorschach from DC Comics, like the uh, Watchmen. Yeah. Kinda not, it's a, like, I don't know. You can't really put a place on like, it's a sequel, but it's not, but it's also like, we don't know. Right. But, That's uh, Tom King and uh, Jorge Farinas or something like that. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm terrible at names, especially on books that I don't read. <laughs> that one, that one what, for me was like, okay. That the most, most, you know, most recent issue was like, okay, that's cool. Let's see where this goes. Okay. Uh, what, um, as I say, do you, uh, do you read almost everything that comes in? So, I, so you can stay knowledgeable on it? Or is there some stuff you just don't feel, you don't ever read because you just don't feel like it? I'm not asking you to throw books under the bus, just as right. a general rule. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's kind of like my my uh underlying like i don't really have expertise in star wars so i don't know about that kind of stuff but usually like i can sell the trade paperbacks better than i can single issues right because i'm like hey star wars bounty hunters volume one what's going on and they're like oh that's so cool like darth vader he's got a lightsaber and like oh it's so cool like yeah i don't i don't know i don't I mean, you just like, you just perfectly encapsulated Star Star Wars fans. They're right. just like, oh, he, that's cool. I'll right. buy. It. I'll buy it because it's cool. <laughs> well, most times, like the single issues, like people come in and they they know the brand, they know what they're going to get. So it's like I don't know, I don't need to try and sell it too much. So right. that's one. I don't read that every week. And there's like almost every week there's a new Star Wars book with or Star Wars title. Um, the it's kind of like in some regards it's like it's nice to have a break because every wednesday or every tuesday here's all the new books and then here's all the stuff and i'm like okay that's interesting i want to read that i want to read that and then like i'll be too tired to read it at night after a long day right and it's kind of the joy is reading comic books before you know before i go to bed but if it's like one that doesn't hold my interest i don't feel good about reading comic books at work at the store it doesn't feel the same right so but there's there's a few like marvel titles and dc titles i don't read harley quinn but i can you know help people you know tell people about stuff um with uh some the uh the most recent king in black there's a bunch of different tie-ins that i'm not reading right my you know i'll I'll ask my customers and ask them talk to them a little bit and kind of get a get a finger on the pulse of what's happening there um when oh the summer when empire was happening i was reading it and it just did not hold my interest right and i talked to my customers i'm like what happened last issue and they're like oh this thing like that you know seeing the disappointment on their face but like i'm hoping to turn it around the next issue you know and kind of go from there yeah do you find with customers um are are most of them kind of as fickle as me like it really I'll give a book one issue or two issues. I'll never sit through a whole arc if it doesn't grab me immediately. But do you have, you seem to have like maybe some customers who pick up runs no matter what, like they always pick right. up certain well, books. Like, I guess, for example, like you'd always fall, you'd always watch a, a Coyotes game. Right. 
So like I have guys that will always watch a Green Lantern comic. We'll right. always read a, we'll always read a Green Lantern comic, no matter what, no matter who's on it, what's happening. That's their team. That's their group. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to equate that because my first thought is why would why would you why would you read something why would you be so obsessed with a character that you would read everything about that character? But yeah, I'll watch. You know, if my hockey team was on a ten game losing streak, I'm still going to watch the eleventh game. So. I guess it makes sense. There's a little bit of suffering in there. Yeah. Um, and there, there are people who are like, there's that childhood, like feeling of like, okay, you know, I want to read Iron Man. Iron Man was my guy as a kid and I want to see where it goes. Right. And same with like, there's a lot of Batman fans and with Batman, it's also like, they want to get all things Batman. They don't want to miss a beat. They want to make sure they get every single part of it. And you know, all things Batman, all things Detective Comics and kind of go from there and make sure they have, you know, no issue missing in that run. Right. Um, there's, you know, there's people who are like, who have a more f- like fickle or like they have more of a, you know, a different, different taste. And some of them have turned off on Marvel and DC and kind of gone over to boom or image or now Vault or Aftershock and kind of like experimented with like, I want to try these comics out and see where they go and see what happens there. Yeah. Um, have you seen, uh, this is more of a sales question. I'll go back to that. So for me, I got a couple of things I wrote down here as far as books I liked. Uh, not a lot. I mean, not a lot of stuff like just jumped out to me, but uh, the, uh, the 10 of swords, the, the issues that, Pepe Larraz and RB Silva did. Yeah. We're always great. Like I, I never felt like I mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I never felt like I needed to read all the other issues. No, it's all pretty self-explanatory, but I'm also not reading it for the story. Um, but yeah, I think in the last issue of the 10 of swords that Pepe Larraz drew uh, like part 22 of 22 or whatever that was, there's a great like splash page that had like just almost every mutant you could think of coming through like a, teleportation portal right that that was just great like it just reminded me of like when i was a kid like reading comics like this is the shit i want you know like this kind of yeah bombastic fun stuff the yes on the same point like exosaurus to me reminded me of like when i read like executioner song as a Mm -hmm. kid i didn't get all the parts i couldn't get all the pieces but i got like some of them right it was like oh man what happened like here here's a little recap of what happened in like three other issues or whatever with like this is what happened with you know new mutants or x-force and that kind of stuff like oh right. man so cool and then that kind of stuff same with like uh failing agenda or whatever you don't get all the pieces but you have like okay here's this part but also like here's a little you know like here's a little nugget of all the other information from the other series and that's what got me was like they're doing some good storytelling in every single issue to tell what's going on but also like if you don't get that issue not a big deal yeah and, you know, here's some other stuff. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, the Plunge miniseries from Joe mm. Hill and Stuart Eamon and I really liked. Um, Stuart's work was looked a little different because he inked himself on it. So it was cool to see like kind of what he's doing now and how his style is still evolving. Um, and then uh, let's see that the book that you sold me a couple of weeks ago that I had no that I just wanted to check out, but you had already pulled it for me. Solid Blood Seventeen was so much fun like it was just like it was like reading an image comic from like 1992 you know right. print, printed on newsprint it was just 
insane and silly and dumb and there was like there was no ads in there wasn't there i don't think so still there was like a letters page and that kind of stuff yeah no it was fun i mean i still i liked it's funny because i liked i enjoyed that it was on newsprint but i think i i argued to you at the time that like it feels like i should only be paying a dollar for this comic because it's so floppy um (laughs) But that's okay. And then uh, one other shout out I wanted to give. This is to my on my own book, but I'm not patting myself on the back. Uh, one of the best parts about working on Family Trees, I get to see like the pages roll in, and so because I do sometimes pencil and ink, it's just great to see stuff by Phil and Eric. And so it's like, oh, I can, you know, I can reverse engineer how how he thought about this page or how he drew that panel or something like that. And uh, so that was just kind of a treat for me all year is just getting pages in my inbox and sort of like seeing how, seeing how like a veteran or someone of Phil's caliber figures out these things. And then how Eric kind of puts his own spin on it. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, other than that, nothing really like really jumped out at me. Um, But uh, all right. So um, talking about sales wise, uh, you mentioned some of the smaller publishers. Did you did you feel like some of them, like maybe Vault or Boom, like took strides this year as far as, are you finding yourself selling more of those smaller publisher books? A little bit. Um, they, we, um, when, when uh, things got back and rolling for comic shops, um, started in like Vault and Boom and I'm, probably forgetting some other names, the smaller press, you know, the, the ones below image percentage wise, they said for stores that they were going to do hundred percent returnability. So that made things help. That made things easier for us as a store where it's like, I have people who are subscribed or who are going to jump on and try this out, or I have some selling points. They, you know, and they'll, they'll um, give us, you know, PDFs or whatever, but also like, incentive wise like hey order these you know they did some stuff where it was like um a better percentage off but also 100 percent returnability okay the profit of margin the profit margin starting on some of the first issues were was a better margin for for growth uh for for making more money and so that made there was a little bit more ease in ordering those books so i was like okay i can order those i you know instead of ordering two copies i'll order five right that you know might work out for us yeah. So for listeners who don't understand, or I'm sure it's easily understood, but like a hundred percent returnability, that's just so that it, that gives you that confidence to order mm-hmm. a handful of them rather than just one shelf copy. Uh, right. Because if, because you can, uh, you, you can get credited for them. You're not going to lose money on taking that risk. Right. So you, you still pay, you still pay for them, but it's just like, okay, so whatever my rate of pay was for the books, I still would, take that and send it back to them to get that credit back. And so like they were offering that dynamite was also good about that too. And so it was kind of one of those things where like, we're, they're back in the business. They want to help us get back in business. And so for that, for the smaller publishers, it was nice. Um, DC did something similar too for like the first three months or first two months. And that was an ease of like, okay, we're going to have more, you know, there could be a chance like, okay, we, we, we dropped a lot on Catwoman 80th anniversary or whatever. And we didn't, if we didn't sell any, we could send it back and then we'll have a good chunk of change credit wise. Right. 
coming to us for our, our order the next month. So that was nice. The same with like, like the oversized Green Lantern pages, you know, stories and that kind of stuff. We had any few left over and that helped out. But having those indie titles, it was people who were exploring other things or saw, you know, wanted to do something different. And they're like, I don't, I'm not, I'm tired of the same things with Marvel and DC and the soap opera. What else is there? And then right. there was a good alternative there. Yeah. How, um, how's it now that it's been, I mean, I think we talked to you maybe like nine months ago when the shutdown was first starting and we were kind of talking about how it might affect your business. Uh, but uh, so once you got up and rolling again and then DC did what DC did as far as going to their own distributor, how has that changed the way, has it changed the way you do business or do you just have two release days now? I mean, is it a drastic change in business or? Not for us. Cause we're so, we're so different. You've seen our shop. you like, you know, like we have, we're the only shop in town, like you've said, and having a Tuesday release day is like, it's, it's easier for us. Um, I think one of the things too, is for people from Flagstaff, we don't like to commute as much. I realized, even though it's like 15 minutes to get from one side of Flagstaff to the other, that it's still like a pain because like they don't want to commute. So it's hard for people who want to do like, well, here's your Batman title, but if you want to come tomorrow, you can get your Star Wars title. Right. I'll just wait and do it all one day. So it's like, okay. So there's the occasional, like if something big, like when three jokers came out, we had it available on Tuesday for people, but we like pushed it out on a, on a Wednesday. So we had it and people came to the door and said, Hey, can I get the three jokers? Do you have the, you know, like, here's the covers. We'd still sell it, but we wouldn't like so much put advertisement or plug it too much because if people are coming for it, they know they're going to come for it. So I'm I'm busy on Tuesdays trying to get my Marvel and IDW and Dark Horse stuff received and processed on the shelf. So, but we we will have like this week with the delays, we had a Tuesday release day of all the DC books, and then today for Thursday we had all the new issues because we got all our books today. So it it worked out okay, but most people. They're used to Wednesdays. Right. They're going to come on Wednesdays. So. Yeah. I mean, as far as I remember, I mean, when I was like a kid, I never knew what new comic released. I never knew when comics came out. I just went to the mm. store like once a week. But since I've been like, since I've been, uh, you know, consciously buying comics and going in, it's always been a Wednesday to me. So, and but I guess I'm the same way. Like I, from my place to your shop is like a less than a five minute drive or about a five minute drive but there's no way I'm going to go there on Tuesday. And then again, on Wednesday, like that just seems silly. Right. You know, like plus they're like DC books. So I doubt you're going to be like, Oh, I sold out of that Batman book you wanted, you know, in one day. So it's not something I ever really think about. Uh, it just seems to me like it's just more, it, it's just like added steps and maybe more paperwork on your end as the retailer. But it's, I mean, it's a little bit, but it's more of kind of like, I need to know, I have an FOC due on Sunday and I have a FOC due on Monday. So I need to make sure my final order cutoff is up and running on Sunday. Cause on, on Friday, I'll check everything and make sure everything's right. And then like, I second guess myself, I'll go in Sunday from home and look at my FOC and kind of bump numbers up. But Monday, you know, used to be my go-to day, but now it's like, I kind of do like a Friday for D- DC and then a light one for everything else. And then Monday I do a final order again, for all Marvel and other titles. Right. 
All right. So uh, sales wise, what was the big, what was the uh, big shit last year? What were the big comics? So I kind of pulled some of our, our data from, um, we just switched the system over to a new system in September, uh, comic hub. Um, it's the same system as like samurai comics and, um, a lot of shops in California. And, um, it's a really cool intuitive program for people for box holders and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of like pull some of our data, but also look at the titles. Um, and it worked out cause like the last from like, God, May to September, there was a few, use some, some stuff happening, but nothing crazy. But for overall, as a store, we, we were like, a, we are heavily a top DC store as DC comics. Cause the biggest thing for us was Batman three jokers. Cause we went really big on those orders and got those special. Um, we had the cover a cover B and then we had the three special designated special variants for stores so we went those and so that was kind of our over the summer look at the numbers over the summer and then also for the rest of the year because we'll still sell we'll still sell those in the shop people come in and be like oh i need to get this one i didn't get this cover because my shop did you know whatever or people will pick it up who are traveling but batman three jokers was like our biggest seller of the store the um jeff johns and jason fabak comic and that was our biggest for sure biggest seller and then after that it was like death metal with scott snyder and greg capullo yeah i (laughs) i uh i have a note here to say ask follow-up questions because i never do that so so i guess three i don't i i didn't read either of those books so i don't really know what any of them are about i know that death metal is like a alternate universe kind of or a different earth kind of thing but it's like, it, it just, it's shocking to me. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Greg Capullo is, is a top all-time artist guy, you know, but it just seems so bizarre to me. Like, I don't need to see like 80s hairband versions. Right. Characters. And that's, I mean, obviously the story could be great, but I can't get past like all the chains and all the spikes and all like the... well. If you think about, like, we talked about it earlier with the X-Men, X of Swords, kind of fun excitement of that. You had that with your DC, you know, your your death metal. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm not going to try, you know, and, and sway your opinion to, you know, you should pick these up, but, like, they're just fun, but also, like, crazy, you know, antics and that kind of stuff happened in metal. And it's just one of those things where it's, like, this most recent pay issue that came out God, this week yeah they just came out this week number seven the last few pages paid off of what you've been following for metal if you've been reading metal it's just it, you got to pay off you got your big here is your conclusion and i was like that is awesome that's such a good you know storytelling but also great art and i think capullo for the story is like some of the greatest art in the long and so in a while and um, Batman Three Jokers, which was only three issues, but also Black Label, and you know, special kind of square bound, a little bit oversized book, was probably one of the best Batman stories in the last five years. Okay, you know, kind of like not to take away from Tom King's ongoing stories that he had in Batman, but I think you know, Three Jokers is probably one of the best. You know, Batman, you know, Batman 
however you want to in okay. five years, the last five years. Now it was three jokers kind of self-contained or is it supposed to be in continuity? It's ambiguous. Okay. Do you think that helps like those kind of events where you don't have to, you don't have to have like read the previous four issues of like detective comics to having them, having them self-contained stories released Neat. like this probably benefits because yeah. Yeah. Because you don't need to know the 80 year history of Superman to read about Superman in death metal. Right. And this right. is kind of like, I mean, it's one of the things where it's like um, if the, the writer and the artists have a following, then it's easy to sell. But it's also one of the things where it's like, if you get excited, like, oh yeah, this is, this is about, this is a Joker, you know, Joker's anniversary, 80 years, whatever, you know, last year, because everything was Joker last year. And here's Joker, three Joker story. And it's like, and if you, if you know, if you get a chance to read it, you can kind of pick out your Jokers. Cause there's like, there is three Jokers, but you can kind of feel like, oh, that's the one to me feels like, I, you know, like there's a feeling you have when you read it like representation of jokers like oh that's the one that felt like the one that killed you know jason todd okay or that one felt like the one that was in the crazy zany antics of the 60s and that kind of stuff so you know the comedian and the the you know not you know psychopath and right stuff so those those for us as a store were the top ones and then um follow behind that was like batman joker war which was like it's it's a fun story but it was just like i think this is it did so well for us selling wise because it was every two weeks those twice a month shipments which it's yeah which is like there's so much and it was like one of the things where it's like every other week was a batman book right and so that's that was kind of our bigger numbers because i think it was more quantity over quality but there was still a story. I felt like the Joker war could have been longer. And I it probably, I feel like it could have been like, instead of five issues, the whole Joker war situation, just not counting the tie-ins and the punchline specials and that kind of stuff. It could have been like a, a, you know, like a no man's land kind of thing where it's like, this goes on for like a year or it can right. go on for like quite a while where it could be more, more story and development, but also like, all right, here's this, you know, here's this next issue, but like um, how we are where it's more, again, you know, quantity over quality. So here's, you know, just keep pushing more Joker war for, you know, like we have five issues, but we're going to get those issues in two months and then we'll be on to a new Joker Batman story. Right. Like there's never a shortage of special Batman projects coming out. Uh, right. what about, uh, what were big sellers as far as like Marvel goes? So the X-Men run Exoswords and, um, the Exoswords event was stasis and destruction. I think those were okay. ones, those were the, um, RB Silva. I believe those were the ones and X-Men 13 to 14, what kind of led into the, uh, Exoswords event were kind of our big ones. And then surprisingly, um, we had a little bit of a push because we finished last year um, Spider-Man from J.J. Abrams and oh Sarah, Sarah Pacelli, Sarah Pacelli and the yeah. Abrams Abrams father and son right storytelling that finished, and I think it was one of those things where the hiatus really hurt it because it was like we were supposed to get issue four. 
I think early last year and then I got delayed and then COVID hit. So, but that one, there was enough people who were like, Oh wait, that still came out. And so they jumped on it because they wanted to make sure they got those, you know, finish the story art. Cause it was like, here's issue one, two, and three. All right. Wait a year, a year later, here's four and five. So it was kind of one of the things where like, oh, I forgot what happened. Right. And those were kind of the ones um, that did well. I think also Star Wars, Darth Vader, just it sold well. And I, I looked at my data and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, oh, it has the face of the guy has Vader on the cover. And I don't, I don't know what it, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what issue number it was, but it was like Star Wars, Darth Vader. And then it was a couple different numbers of the Star Wars, Darth Vader that did well for us. And then um, for us too, is being up in Northern Arizona, Marvel's in voices, the indigenous number one. Right. And um, that did really well for us. Oh, that's and, good. And that was one of those things where like, I even, I borrow, I had a like, I bought some from others, another, my old shop, Ash Avenue in, in Tempe. I asked them to, I, Diamond wasn't fast enough to get my restocks. So I bought some from them and got them up within a couple of days. Okay. And, yeah. Did you feel like there, did you see new customers coming in because of that? Yes. Yes. And that was, that was really cool because it was like, they, they're like, I'm looking for this, you know, like kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm looking for a Marvel voice, like Marvel, here you go. And like, kind of like one of the things where like, here's various covers and they're like, I'll take all of them. And I'm like, okay. Cause like the, when it came out, I had somebody come in and buy like two every cover and one for them. And then one to give to their family members as gifts for Christmas. And I was yeah. like, that was like right on. And so like, I'm sure, and I'm kind of like talking to my regulars that come in, I'm like, Hey, here's this, you know, Marvel indigenous voices. Like, Oh, sweet. And I'm like, this is all creators. And like, and I, and at the end of the issue, they mentioned a, a mini series coming out in February for it oh, too. Okay. So there's going to be a spinoff out of it for a mini series, which is really kind of exciting too. Cause that's like, awesome. You know, that's, it's really cool to have like, you know, local, people excited and also new customers that are like, Oh, here's a comic book that speaks to me. And like, like, yes, we can help you with that for sure. Have yeah, that's, it's great. And I like the initiative that it brought in new readers and kind of did what it was supposed to do celebrate and also bring in new readers. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a quick break to do my beer thing. Cause I want to keep drinking, <laughs> but I can't pull the bottles out without doing the, the finale thing here. So, ah. uh, Let's see. The last couple of weeks have been shocking to me personally. So let's find out. My big loser was C and C was Bush. Uh, almost tasted like someone crumpled up like a medicine, like I got a roofie in it or something. It had like a pharmaceutical aftertaste. So that's out the window. Uh, the other one that's not advancing is D, which is the Dos Equis, which, oh. you know, I can drink a Dos Equis, but... Like if I'm going out to eat, I'm taking a Pacifico or a Tecate. Uh, so I'm not sad to see either one of those go. Uh, so that's a little surprising. Uh, B, which is moving on, is Pabst, PBR. I've drank plenty of this over the last decade or so. So no surprise there. Uh, and then the big winner of the day, Miller High Life. I can't believe. Wow. I can't believe this is the big winner of the day. But. I've noticed throughout this whole ridiculous uh, challenge is whatever's easiest to drink is always getting first place. Cause I'm not really thinking about the taste and flavor and any highlight, other 
any okay. aspect of it. It's just the, it's like the least offensive to drink. The, whatever tastes most like water usually advances. So high life is easier to drink than PBR for you. Apparently. Wow. But it was also like nothing. Like if I tasted nothing, then it's probably going to the top of the list. Mm. Uh, so that's okay. So, so uh, high life and paps to move on. Now I can drink like normal for the rest of the show. Are you going to uh, have a, a loser's bracket? For yourself to kind of like no wow, why would i do that to myself <laughs> i should punish scott for, for missing so many episodes he should have to drink a tall boy whatever is the overall loser oh. um okay so uh what is just real quick and then we'll get into 2021 uh do you have an idea of what your biggest indie seller was that's um, not that's not like walking dead i'm talking about like uh so yeah i actually i kind of wrote some stuff down i mean um something that killing children was kind of like a big um these are all titles that we did you know double digits on okay and so something to kill the children which kind of have a a fan following afterwards because they did a um volume one which was like nearly impossible to get in stock through diamond during the shutdown and i was able to get some through simon and schuster and restock on that and then people were like here check out this you know somebody's children and then volume two came out in september or October and people just jumped on that one and then kind of did like the whole old saga approach. Like here's the two traits. All right, here's issue, the next issue in a single issue form. Right. So, and that one did really well. Um, I guess because of hype, I don't know if this really counts, but the IDW team and T last Ronin story. Yes. Just, uh... Yeah. That was mostly because the issues were going for $20 a piece but we sold out day of. So yeah, those are expensive. Aren't those oversized issues too? Those mm-hmm. are like $7 issues. or They're some like, shit. they're like golden size too. Oh, okay. I didn't they know don't that. fit in normal bag of boards either. Um, and then kind of like honorable mention for indie image stuff was spawn. Cause spawn. Wow. Had a, oh, spawn 300 or whatever. Right. Well, no, three, three, 10, 300 okay. was two years ago, man. Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So like I think part of the spawn thing was they had the um, it like it looked like to me it was uh, Todd McFarlane's take on Billy Jack, like the gunslinger. But I'm like that looks like Billy Jack. But right, that's, yeah, that's his um, those kind of like those new characters. His um, Chadwick Boseman tribute cover too that yeah. sold up, and then for us uh, Department of Truth from um image image that did those were both the kind of like our honorable mention in the indie books because they always did really well and um i think jenny frisian did a variant cover for number one and we sold you know sold out of that one that was good cool yeah uh the, when i see whenever i see the spawn stuff and i uh, you know i'm not gonna spawn's fine i have like the first like 30 issues of spawn or whatever but I did think it looked a little silly. The hat, like Spawn with a hat on, kind of looks silly. But who am I to? I haven't put out three hundred plus right. issues of a comic. It's like he introduced like a kung fu Spawn, <laughs> and like various other like here's the Spawn crew, and it's right. like all right. Well, I mean that's what you can do with a character like that is you can have, you know, a hundred versions of them from a different hundred different timelines and throughout history, and yeah, kung fu Spawn. All right. Uh, 
what are you moving into the new year? Uh, what's kind of got you excited or what, uh, what do you, what, what, okay. So what personally are you excited about? And then we'll get into the business, but like, what do you think is going to be cool? I don't know what comics you read or what's your, I don't even know what your favorite comic or character is. So, <laughs> well, I think, I mean, it'll be, it's hard to tell what, like I, I get solicitations for two months in advance mm-hmm. and then like, I forget what's coming out next week. So it's like the constant like push of information to me. And, you know, I'm going to, for me, like I'm, I'm a Marvel fan and I'm, I'm looking at my numbers. I was like a little bit surprised going through our data and like seeing like Spider-Man wasn't in there. And so like, I remember, cause I had, we had like 10 people, you know, and now we have six people for Spider-Man kind of stuff, like lower numbers of Spider-Man. People are kind of like, drop it off and i'm like oh man but it's so good right now and that's there's some cool stuff there and daredevil has been pretty pretty awesome chip zadarsky doing some stuff with daredevil it's one thing where it's like i can see what sells for us as a store then like seeing what i like myself and being like, like i need to like step back and not go crazy like oh my god you guys gotta you know like my excitement to like, you don't understand this is happening in this issue, you know, Harry Osborne and Norman Osborne, they're, you know, like this kind of stuff where I'm like, now you're just sound like a nerd. Like, I just want to read about Spider-Man and shooting webs and stuff. I'm like, okay. So I, right. I try to like, keep it, keep it back. Cause I don't want to like, it's one thing where I try to sell things. I'm like, I'd rather have somebody see something and, you know, read it and enjoy the art and enjoy the story versus like here's my personal opinion about why this is so good but like here's this thing you know let's you know find what you like don't like because what i said and kind of like going forward like i want to see what goes on it's it's weird because this world we live in right now sucks because like there's no cons and so that's kind of usually when you get teasers and that kind of stuff because like it's january and then you know in a few months would be like emerald city right other you know some WonderCon and some other stuff, but I don't know too much that's on the horizon. Um, through DC Comics sends me, um, they send us advanced reader PDFs and some kind of solicitation stuff that way. And that's been kind of cool. Um, so for the next two months, they're on hold for January and February for Future State. Right. And I've been kind of reading, I got to read a good portion of those comics and that's kind of cool to be able to read a full full issue of what's happening in their new vision for right. DC comics and kind of seeing the stuff there like there's characters i don't care too much about but there's other stuff like bendis is on justice league and it's like guys three years ago this is what we thought he'd be doing because he wrote avengers and he was good on avengers it just makes sense that Bendis would be on a team book because that's what he does. He's like, Oh, Legion of superheroes. Like, cool. I don't know anything about Legion. Right. You know, but it's like, Bendis is going to be writing justice league with Oliver queen, green arrow and black canary as like part of the you know, leadership crew. And I'm like that, that's kind of cool because Bendis was my Avengers entry point. Cause I got Avengers disassembled. Well, Kurt Busick and George Perez was my, first but then i got older and then i got i actually got more money so i was able to actually buy you know could afford buying comic books right not just collective volumes as a kid but 
that was like the one I, you know, his, his Avengers run and his mighty Avengers and new Avengers and that kind of stuff. That's what I'm, you know, it's like, this is what we've been waiting for with Bendis kind of in a way to see his team book. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I mentioned it, I think maybe last week or something. I talked a little bit about like, I'm kind of excited for some of future state. Like I like that. I always talk about how I'm a fan of legacy characters. So I like that kind of idea. I don't understand why it's not done more. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I like the artists, like, uh, like you, uh, or I, I, I got the next Batman earlier this week. God, this, this week has felt like a month. That was like two days ago. I picked up the next Batman. <laughs> Wait, no, it was yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. Okay. I picked up the next Batman. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I really enjoyed two of the three stories. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was kind of a fun new take. Uh, not nothing like genre changing or mind bending or anything, just good comics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Dan Mora's uh, Batman issues that are coming out. Uh, so I just think it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, I like it when they do, st- I'd rather, I'd rather a publisher do something like that than do a, 22 part crossover across your line of mutant books you know to be honest because i can pick and choose these i don't feel like i'm missing anything you know so so i think that's cool i think it's a good thing that dc's doing uh other than that i don't really i tried to like google like what are the big comic announcements but i feel like maybe it's because there are no cons and normally they would save them up for conventions and give you like a big info dump right i don't really know what's like I don't really know what to look forward to or what's exciting. So I guess I'll just keep doing what I always do and just follow my art, my favorite artists and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything uh, again, like maybe as a, as a retailer that you like, you know, they're already teasing like another X event about the hellfire club. And I'm sure the, 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 the ugly ass new Spider-Man costume, that's like an event thing. Like, yeah. does, does any of that get you hyped up or is it like, I mean, not can so you, much. Yeah, I mean, you, it's a, sorry. sorry. Can you separate yourself as like a fan, maybe saying like, this isn't for me as a fan, but it might be good for the store. Right. You know, because other people like it. Because there's there's things where it's like, um, with like a new Wonder Woman from Future State was like, here's a new Wonder Woman. But then I was like, you know, people, like I had a customer today talk to him. I'm like, oh, there's a new Wonder Woman. And he's like, but what about Diana? I'm like, she's back in immortal wonder woman so she's still there you still have your you know a character immortal he's like oh what's that i'm like it's old wonder woman but she's older she's got gray hair and it's like oh well i'm gonna get both like sweet you know that that kind of stuff where it's like there's still those characters that you know and enjoy and want to see what happens i mean um spoiler for if you haven't read metal sorry but justice society is back and i didn't even know they went anywhere well, you haven't, well, they've been gone for like almost, geez. I mean, not counting Earth 2, New 52, those those versions, they've been gone for like probably close to 10 years or a little bit like maybe nine years. Okay. So Justice Society, like the first superheroes. No, I know who they are. They're the greatest generation. Sure. The best of us. <laughs> so it they're they're coming back in some form, you know. I think in some regards, it's kind of nice to have, like, we only solicit, the only things we get news-wise for comic stuff is solicitations, you know, or, like, little previews like that versus, like, con stuff, 
which like, Hey, here's the thing. And then like they're three months ahead versus like, now we're like two months ahead. Right. So it's like, it's kind of nice to have a slow release of new things coming out. And, um, it'll, I mean, it's Superman, uh, Superman with a new, like new creative team and that kind of stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and see where they go. Cause especially like with Bendis, you know, everyone knew who Superman was, you know, in, in DC comics. So they know who Clark Kent is Superman. So it'll be interesting to see where they go come March when everything goes back to the regular titles and kind of see where that goes. And um, people who want to see what's going on, Joker's getting his own series, which is not sure about that, how that's going to go. Well, but, didn't didn't you say three Jokers was your biggest seller last year? Right, but right. having Joker have a Joker on his own ongoing series. Oh, I'm sure every issue will have a supporting Bat character in it. Right, the the way it was sounded like it might be a Commissioner Gordon story, so like kind of told from his tale versus like I want to get the Joker because this is like this is insane, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think uh, what do you think the shutdown this year? First of all, how long how long were you how long were you shut down to where you weren't even because you you kind of phased back in, but how long were you how long was the store actually shut down for you this in twenty twenty? Well, I mean, I still came to work partially a couple days, but. We didn't let people in the store, but we were, I mean, I worked about two, I mean, it was, it was nice and bad, nice in some regards, but also bad in others, but we were gone. Like things were done and not happening for about a month. So April, April was kind of like the month that nothing happened in, but that's when we found out about DC comics and lunar distribution. And they started putting, they're like, we're going to put out new books. But we're going to put out these, you know, four or five titles. And one of them was the uh, Joe Hill comics or the Sandman Universe comics. And then a few like minor other issues. So it was like here, you're not getting your Batman. You're not getting your Superman. You're not getting Wonder Woman, but you're getting some smaller titles. And then they're like, okay, we're going to start doing Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, you know, bigger name titles. Right. To bring out new content to do new things. So that was nice. And then... um that it it was nice to be to have that sense of sense of uh of a break and not worry about trying to make the bottom line but also like there's no deliveries i'm not getting any packages i'm not getting any you know there's nothing new coming in and i'm just like all right i'll just take a break and kind of like reset and figure things out and come back to this you know when things are ready did you uh did that sort of adjustment and and soft reopening and all that did did you learn anything from that that you like did you do business differently once you reopened did you did you push more like online stuff or how did you what Um, did you what did you learn coming out of those like three four months so i learned about um so i guess go back february of 2020 i went to the comics retailer uh, comics pro event in portland and you know met you know other store owners i hung out with mike from samurai 
hung out with a few other shop owners and learned about a lot of stuff and a lot of tools from there. And then when I got back in February, after that flight, I hit the ground running of like all the things I learned. I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to implement this. I'm going to start this start a paperwork and that kind of stuff. And then, um, in March, I had got all my accounts set up through different, different publishers. So for the longest time, I only had, I mostly did work with diamond, but when diamond shut down, I had three publishers to pick from that. I can get scholastic books from for bone. I can get Simon and Schuster for dark horse and manga. And I got Pingo random house. So I can get DC books from graphic novels, not single issues, but I can bring in a wealth of knowledge and wealth of books from, I don't have to rely on diamond to keep my store afloat. I don't have to be, um, sufficient to have one distribution. I can have several. And so that's what I came out with was like, okay, here I can do this. And that's when I kind of like, um, part of the things, you you know, you were, I was happy to have you on before we had that book club Mm -hmm. because that was like, for me, when the shutdown happened, I'm like, I miss talking to people and having a conversation with my regulars and having a conversation with people about comics because like there's no new comic books. Let me try and do a Zoom book club. And so that been working out with you, having you know, having you as a guest for Family Tree, but also like we've kind of like we have a steadily we have a we have a group once a month, you know, a constant steady, you know, we'll have five or six copies of a book that sells through for people that are coming, you know, want to, you know, like what book are you, you know, introducing? What are you going to do? And that's been great. Kind of like in this crazy world of being like, Hey, things suck, but let's right. talk about comics. Yeah. And it's a smart way to, I mean, I'm not saying it, I'm not, you're doing it cause it's a fun thing to do, but it's also a good sales tool. Like if you have it by the mm-hmm. register, you're like, Hey, this is what we're doing for zoom book club this month. If you're interested, cause yeah, everyone wants to be part. I'm sure a lot of your regulars want to talk comics. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, even now it's limited, you know, it's limited to people in the store. So it's almost like, like when I stopped in yesterday, you know, I felt like, oh, I need to hurry up and like get my transaction done because there's a guy waiting to come in the store and I don't want to be a dick. Right. So I'm, a lot of these people, I'm sure a lot of your regulars before the pandemic would spend, a lot longer than five or 10 minutes in the shop, you know? So, yeah. so they're missing a, they're missing a social aspect they used to have. And for a lot of comic book fans, that's probably a big part of their social life is the talking comics or talking geeky shit and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. yeah, that that's, that's a good idea. And so that's like, that's something, I mean, coming out from the shutdown was that, and then trying to, you know, like, gauge people's interests or like, we'll have people that are like, Hey, I need to get this. Not just like, um, I'm interested in this. It's like here, you know, they want to support us and they don't know what they want. They don't know how to support us. And that's kind of where things have come in through, um, you know, families. I have a three-year-old and they're like, do you have books for us? Or do you have board games for us? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have anything for a three-year-old. I don't have anything for a five-year-old. I don't have anything for a six-year-old. And so, that's where I'm like, I don't, I have a blind spot that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. And now I've been able to kind of like revitalize our all ages section, revitalize our kid section and have, you know, kid games, kid comics and that kind of stuff there that we didn't normally have for an age group that I was unaware of. So 
that's been, you know, very helpful for us. All right. So uh, I guess I don't have any other questions. Do you have any other, any other topics or any other notes? Um, Anything you want to educate me on? You should read DC's Dead Planet. Dead. Oh, that's the Wonder Woman book? No, Deceased. No, that's Oh, Deceased is the zombie book. Yeah. I do like that artist, though, uh, Trevor Hairsign. Or I like... Yeah, yeah. That's, that was like one that kind of like, I forgot to mention that one because that was one that was like, Tom Taylor, who's going to take over Nightwing, he, he gets it. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys that's like going to be up and coming, that he's Australian and his storytelling for doing, I didn't read Injustice. I didn't, I played the video game. I didn't read the books, but he, he gets the characters, but he gets to play with the, the toys and let them die and be like, all right, we're going to move on. And this is what the, this is what happens. Yeah. You know? But again, that's, that, that is that I think that's, I think that's the way comics should be is that's another like self-contained sort of universe story. To, it doesn't tie into anything else. Right. And, and again, it's accessible that way. Like I think I forget who, who put this idea out there or at least where I read it, it might've been like Becky Cloonan on Twitter or something like that saying like, we all like our floppies cause we like going in every month. But what if instead of a 20 page floppy every three months, you got like a 50 or 60 page, like graphic, right. graphic novella and they're all self-contained. So, well, I'm going to contradict myself because I do believe more artists should be on longer runs if you're going to do floppies. Right. But if you're not going to do floppies, then just get get someone like Becky Cloonan who has a great Batman idea and just let her do it, whether it's six issues or eight issues. And it doesn't have to be beholden to anything. It can just be its own story. Like, Yeah. I don't think I don't think in 2021 we need Detective Comics number 1056. Right. When we could just have Batman, you know, a, a Batman story that runs over six issues and is done. Well, I think they they also announced this year they're going back to monthly for most titles. What were so, they before? Twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. So that's tough on an industry where most of the stores shut down for a good part of the year. Yeah. I think, well, with the, um, with what's going on right now, like future state is a hundred percent returnable, returnable too. So that's been nice. And, um, kind of having that like cushion where it's like, I'm looking at my wall and I'm like, Oh, I should have ordered more swamp thing. You know, like I have a couple more swamp things left for future state. Whereas like, I didn't know who was going to get into it. Like, Oh, do swamp thing. Like, really? You know, like that kind of surprised me, you know, surprises me and, you know, other titles where I knew like, okay, I'm glad I did the number on that one for Wonder Woman. I'm glad I did that number for Superman. And like, obviously the eight ninety nine price point on Batman is kind of rough for some people. So that was, I didn't need to order that many. So. Yeah. Let's hope every issue is not that much. <laughs> I'm sure it will be though. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope this year, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to think about like, things returning to normal because things are worse now than they were in April and May, you know, like, it's just weird. Like everyone's got like, uh, everyone's just so tired of everything shutting down, but. Oh yeah. Plus Arizona is like, we're number one. Yeah. Globally. Like we're the yeah. best in the world. Take uh, that Brazil. What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nuts because, and I, I've talked about this plenty of times on the show. I, I guess I, 
some people would say I'm part of the problem. Like I do go out and have a drink or whatever, but I'm very careful of like what establishments I, because I'm torn between, first of all, I, I, I like to go out. Yeah. Uh, but also secondly, like if a business is going to be open, it's a small business. I might, I want to support it, mm-hmm. but then you're also like, is it fair to that bartender? Like, is that bartender happy that I'm there? Or is that bartender pissed that they have to be there? Right. You know, like it, so it's just, it's torn, but I don't know what else to do, except maybe the government could pay people to stay home. What I'm saying is I hope 2021, you know, at least by halfway through the year, things get back on track. Yeah. Uh, You're not going to be wine. uh, Unfortunately, you're missing out on being wined and dined by uh, Robert Kirkman again this year. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are like those San Diego Comic-Con like breakfast or dinners. He has. Yeah. It's like chicken and waffles and like an an open beer bar. Man. And then it's like, here's all the goodies. And I'm like, thank you, Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but it shouldn't it shouldn't happen anytime soon it shouldn't happen anytime soon yeah which Um, is like i understand that totally because it's like it's it's one thing where it's like all right cool but it also you know look at the the bigger picture not just like what you i mean it's it's one thing to feel like oh i'm missing out but it's also like we're all missing out right so we're all in the same boat so don't worry about you know stressing yeah if you're super missing out uh join the cab comic zoom book club um (laughs) Are you still doing a lot of, uh, before, I guess I, I was going to promote your eBay store. Are you still doing a lot of online sales or did you, is that slow Most, down a little bit? Some, yeah, slow down a little bit eBay. Yeah. I mean, I guess in some regards, it's like, it's a good thing, but also a bad thing. Like we, you've seen, you know, I've seen our store, we have tournament tables and stuff set up for gaming. And so that's kind of taken a hit. So that's taken my interest in like what I would normally order, you know, X amount of dollars for said card game i don't do that anymore i cut back on those orders because i'm not going to have a tournament in my store right i'm not going to have people coming in playing i'm not going to have you know an tournament and we limit the people in the store you know one group of one person at a time and that's kind of changed my perspective and been able to like re-evaluate um and go towards more comic stuff and more more things like that 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 I that I have more of a passion for. Right. Not to say like card games and board games are not my passion, but they're not the one thing. When I first opened, it's not called Cap Games, it's called Cap Comics. And so that's been kind of like been fun to kind of like re-energize my excitement, you know. Right. Re re-energize like guys, have you seen these epic collections from Marvel Comics? You know, there's like, you know, these you know, giant like here's Maximum Carnage all in one book. And then like it'll blow like a forty year old mind, like oh my god, I have all those issues. Like it's right here, every issue. Right. Yeah. Like uh, if if money wasn't an option, like I would just uh, even though I have all the floppies, I don't. My collection isn't isn't all together. Like I'll pull comics out to read them and not put them back, so that I don't keep them in order the way I should. So it's like oh, if I want to read like Next Wave, I could go dig out twelve floppies out of maybe sixteen different boxes, and that would take all day right yeah just just go to get just go to cab comics and buy the trade save yourself the effort uh if people if people that are listening to this don't have a local comic shop that they go to can they do you what's your website or where would you direct them if they wanted to order something 
so we're uh, cabcomicsaz.com. And so um, we also, and through there, you can sign up a Comic Hub account, which is like, I've been hesitant. That's, a, that's what we got out of this through a uh, pandemic is I got a new uh, point of sale system set up through Comic Hub. And that's been a great thing for us because we'll have people in, um, out of Tuba City or Williams or Winslow get books or subscribe to books that I wouldn't normally have them. And so it, it gives the, it gives a communication between um, comic store owner and box holder to where they can pick out books, but also see like, here's all the new books that are going to come out next week. And so like, Oh, I want to check that out. I want to check that out. So, you know, get single issues or subscribe to series that they hear about through their artists or their, their um, favorite writers. So right. it's, it's kind of helped us um, anticipate people's needs without trying to like, Hey, are you interested in this? You know, I don't have to do like that whole hand sale. It does it for me. So I don't have to like stress and work so hard for that. Right. All right. Well, thanks for being on Corey. Are you excited about comics? Hey, did, yeah. Did, did, did the struggle of pandemic really, you, you mentioned it made you focus more on comics. Right. Cause it was like, that's the form of media. Right. For the longest time. That was the only thing new coming out. Right, they but weren't I, doing. But maybe it so, also. I'm sorry. I was thinking like, did it also like, was maybe doing it for nine years, getting kind of repetitive, and now it's like a new challenge, and now you're reinvigorated, or is it just uh, like we got to survive 2020? Like, we got to survive this kind of shit. I mean, there's there's some revigor, you know, revigoration coming out of it, but there's also like more of a whole um, trying learning new things that I don't know about, like. Um, finding the books for kids, you know, getting a Harper Collins account or talking to them or talking to, you know, Penguin Random House about books for my store or like Dog Man. Like that's a huge, that's a huge like thing for kids, you know, having elementary kids like, oh, I don't read comic books, but I'll read Dog Man. I'm like, what's it's still a comic book forum, you know, it's still, but it's okay. You know, I'm not going to fight you, but we have Dog Man now, or we have a good selection of bone you know, kind of these things where it's like, here's stuff that, you know, introduces you to these books. And then there we have, um, I can't say his name, but I, Chris starts with the G. He does the, uh, he works with Brad Meltzer on the, um, like Abraham Lincoln's and I am George Washington. Gia Russo. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got a good chunk of those in, which I didn't like have, I didn't have any idea how I could get those. And I did. And now we have a section of like, here, especially stuff where it's like in the political age we live in, where it's like, here is stuff to help educate your kids, but also tell a story and also, you know, have fun right? through comics. So that's been fun for me, you know, kind of like finding things that way. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, I know you got to get to bed. <laughs> I, I should probably get to bed. Uh, thanks for being on. Thanks for hanging out. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, dude. Talk to you later. No problem, man. Take it easy. Yeah, all right. We'll see it.